Okay. Welcome back to Scissors and Scrubs. I'm Nicole. I'm Lara. And this is going to be a poopy episode. Oh, yes. Because this month is National Colon Cancer, Colonoscopy, something to do with your pooper. Yeah. Month. Mm-hmm. So we decided this month we're going to talk about it. Well, because why did we decide that, Nicole? I think because um, I'm having one next mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. And Five I'm, years late, but you have one. Yeah. So I go to the doctor's like two years ago and he's like... Uh, yeah, it's time for a colonoscopy. I'm like, oh, no, no. Those are when you're 50. He's like, 45. It's like, oh, absolutely not. Then when you're 50, he's like, they're 45 and I'm making you an appointment. <laughs> so he makes me an appointment. I wrap my head around it and they fucking call me and cancel. And mm-hmm. I say to them, if you cancel this, I will not make the appointment again, <laughs> which I did not. Good job. So I went back to my primary, my physical this year. And I admitted to him that I did not reschedule and I need a colonoscopy. And so now it is scheduled for next week and they have not can't no yeah next week yeah and they have not canceled no i think you i think it's a go well and i do have a family history of it which is even more important of yeah, why you, i should have my uncle died yeah. of it in 53 yeah so because he would not have a colonoscopy right which absolutely is, refused to have it's not comfortable no one wants no. one it's over in a second and they give you good it's drugs. not even the actual procedure it's the prep it's the prep. i look forward to it yeah you would you're think. gonna lose good three pounds well, if I wrap it up with the cleanse, then you're I gonna feel do, so. I'm hoping to get down a good five. Imagine how much lighter you're gonna feel. So one of the guys at work, I'm like, he's like, "Oh, you're on the cult again because we do like this cleanse," and I was like, "Honey, if I play my cards right, between the cleanse and the prep, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be five pounds lighter when you see me next <laughs> week." And he's like, he just burst out laughing. Yeah. I'm like, "You wait, you mm-hmm. wait. I'm gonna be down. I'm gonna look like." I'm going to be able to get in my jeans. Like a you 90s wait. model. Um, but I might have a flaming butthole because of it. So well, we're going to talk about colonoscopies to prepare me for my prep on Wednesday. Yes. I can't wait. All right. So I covered colon cancer. Why we're doing the colonoscopies is to screen for right. colon cancer. I got all my information from the cdc.gov. Such uh, a good place. Huh? Such a good place. So informative. Um, the colon is part of your, in case you don't know, it's part of your digestive system. It is the large bowel, and it is the main portion of the large intestine. Mm-hmm. So you have small intestine, and you got large intestine. You got the ascending, the descending, the traverse, Transverse. the sigmoid, the rectum, yep. the anus. It's about five feet long. The rectum and the anal canal make up the last part of the large intestine mm-hmm. and are about six to eight inches long. Uh, the colon absorbs water, minerals, and vitamins from food. <laughs> vitamins it, or vitamins? Vitamins. <laughs> Vitamins. Vitamins. And um, from your food, and it forms and stores your feces. Mm-hmm. That is the objective of the yeah. um, colon. Colon <laughs> cancer is a disease in which malignant cells form in the tissues of the colon. Your health history has a huge effect on your risk of developing colon cancer. Some risk factors are as follows. Having a family history of colon cancer, Nicole, <coughs> or rectal <clears throat> cancer, in a first degree... My brother did die of rectal cancer, yeah, but I a, think that was AIDS-related. Probably. Um, in a first degree relative. So if, like, your great aunt, you know, Stacy, had colon cancer, it's not... I mean, you should be screened, mm-hmm. but it's not, like, as important if your mother, your child, or your mm-hmm. sibling, or your mm-hmm. father had it. Um, having a personal history of, can- of cancer of the colon, rectum, or ovary puts you at a higher risk for colon cancer. Having a personal history of high-risk adenomas, which are colorectal polyps that are one centimeter or larger or that have abnormal cells. So you go in, you get a colonoscopy, they find polyps. It's one centimeter or larger or has abnormal cells in Mm -hmm. it. It puts you at a much higher risk for colon cancer. 
um, having inherited changes in certain genes that increase the risk of familial adenomatosis, polyposis. Adenomatosis, polyposis. Um, which is the acronym for that is FAP, F-A-P. I don't like that as much as adenomatosis. Well, I'm not going to say that again. Um, or Lynch syndrome. If you have a history of ulcerative colitis, ulcerative. Sorry, guys, we're struggling tonight. It was the drag show show. <laughs> colitis or Crohn's for eight or more years. You are Crohn's is nasty. Yeah, That's you're a at a nasty disease. Much higher risk for colon cancer. Uh, if you have three or more alcoholic drinks per day, if you smoke, Uh-oh. if you are black, um, if you are obese, and if you are an, at an older age, you have a higher risk for colon cancer. Like 50, Laura? No, like as you get older, your uh-huh. risk increases. Uh-huh. You've just been hazing and shaming <laughs> yeah. me since I turned 50. Um, not all people with those risk factors will have colon cancer, and people without these risk factors will get colon cancer, but those are big contributors mm-hmm. to colon cancer. people getting colon cancer. Signs of colon cancer, um, a change in your bowel habits. If you went to the bo- if you you know had a bowel movement every day at eight a.m. and all of a sudden you're having it at eight a.m., two p.m. or if you're not having it, you know you're having one and then you're having one four days later. If there's a change in your bowel habits, call your doctor. Um, if you have blood in your stool, it, if it's bright red or very dark, call your doctor. Um, Mike, one time, oh my god, I'm in bed, comes in. Oh my god! I'm like, what? I just went to the bathroom. I'm like, yeah, I know. You're in there for an hour. Like, what? And he's like, I. There was blood in my stool. I'm like, I. What do you mean there's blood? There's blood in my stool. I'm like, what do you mean blood? And he's like, well, there's blood. I'm like, like the toilet bowl was filled with blood. There's blood in your poop. Was the poop red? Like, what's? He's like, well, there's red in the poop. And I'm like, uh-huh. what'd you have to eat yesterday and today, Mike? Tomatoes, beets. Uh, well, I, had, I can't remember. What it was like, it was like something stupid, like Twizzlers or something. Like I was like. Mike, you think it might have been the food with the red dye in it? Uh, I don't know. And the next day, he pooped. He's like, yeah, I guess there's no blood in it. I'm like, okay. But if there is, if you think there is blood in your stool, go to the doctor. Um, diarrhea, constipation, or feeling like your bowels are not emptying all the way. Like if you go to the bathroom, then like, no, I still have to go to the bathroom. If you have that feeling, um, call the doctor. If your stools are narrower than usual. Pencil, ribbon poops. Ribbon, ribbon poops, poops. Pencils, poops. Anything like if they look all of a sudden long and narrow. Go to the doctor. Um, uh, if you have frequent gas pain, bloating, fullness, or cramps, call your doctor. Um, weight loss for no reason whatsoever. If you're not trying to lose weight and all of a sudden you're dropping 20 pounds, call your doctor. Um, if you feel very tired or if you're vomiting a lot, all of those are signs of colon cancer. The testing that is used to diagnose colon cancer is a physical exam and health history. So they're going to ask you, has anybody had um, mm-hmm. cancer? How will your bowel move? You know, all that stuff. Um, they're going to do a digital rectal exam. A doctor is going to put a glove on. Ditch stem. That finger's going up your butt. Lubricate it and feel <laughs> around inside your anus and your rectum for any masses, anything that feels weird. Um, they're going to do a fecal occult blood test, which is um, the fecal occult blood test, which checks stool for trace amounts of blood. It's the same as a guayac. It's a guayac. Um, there's a couple different tests mm. you can do. Guayac is one of them. Um, a sigmoidoscopy. It looks at the rectum and lower colon for polyps, tumors, bleeding, anything like that. A colonoscopy looks at your whole colon. A virtual colonoscopy, which is a bunch of X. They take a bunch of x-rays and kind of like line up the pictures to show them your whole mm-hmm. colon. Um, they can do a biopsy. If you're in there and you do a sigmoidoscopy, they're like, eh, that's what that tissue looks funny. Or you have a polyp there. They'll take it out, biopsy it, test the tissue. 
Um, they can do a DNA stool test, which checks for genetic changes that could be a sign of colorectal cancer. Um, so then you're diagnosed with colon. So they go through these tests. Yep, this mm-hmm. you have colon cancer. There's certain fa- fa- factors that affect the prognosis and your treatment options for colon cancer. The stage of your cancer. Whether the cancer has blocked or made a hole in your colon. That affects your prognosis. Um, whether there are cancer cells left after surgery. So say you have colon cancer. Like, yeah, we're going to go in, take out this part, put it back together. They take out that part, but the margins aren't clean. If there's some cancer left. It can go somewhere. Um, that changes your treatment options and your prognosis. Um, whether the cancer has recurred. If you had colon cancer, was treated, you were clear, and then it came back. That changes your prognosis. Um the patient's general health. If you are, you know, you're sick with colon cancer, but you've come in and you've already lost 60 pounds. Yeah. You're not eating well. Yeah. You don't yeah. have a healthy diet. That's going to affect your prognosis. Um, in your CEA levels before the treatment begins, CEA is a blood test that they'll draw for your, um, for carcinogens in your blood. And if it's high, if it's very high before you start your treatment, it's not a great right. sign. Um, cause you have a lot of cancer in you. Um, they will stage colorectal cancer. So after you're diagnosed, testing is done to determine the spread of colon cancer to stage it. They'll do a CAT scan. They'll do an MRI. They'll do a PET scan, which is like literally a test to find malignant cells. You really will only have a PET scan if you have cancer. And it's to see if it's spread anywhere, right. gone anywhere. If they think you have cancer, where's, what's going to light right. up? Um, you'll have a chest x-ray to check, you know, all these organs in your chest. You, you're going to have surgery to do staging. Mm-hmm. They're going to take out the cancer. They're going to check lymph, lymph nodes. nodes and- um, you'll have a lymph node biopsy. They're going to see, does any of the surrounding tissue while they're in there, does that have cancer in it? Um, lymph node biopsy, like I said, they're going to do a CBC, which is just your complete blood cell count, um, just to check your levels on mm-hmm. everything. And they'll do a CEASA, which they'll, is another blood draw, and they will check the levels of CEA in your blood. Um, which also determines your stage. So there's three ways cancer spreads. Once you have colon cancer, it can spread through your tissue. It goes from the original site, like so your ascending colon, mm-hmm. to um, pancreas. Pancreas, because it was like near it. Mm-hmm. Um, it can split, spread through your lymph system. Cancer travels from the original site through the lymph system throughout your body. Your mm-hmm. lymph system, lymph system goes throughout your body. And certain cancers tend to go certain places, like ovarian tends to end up in the brain. And, right. You know, they just, they like certain organs, certain cancers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can also spread through, your, split, spread through your blood from the original site to the blood and then around again through the body. Um, the n- new areas affected are metastatic tumors. This is one of the things that drive me crazy with lay people mm-hmm. when they tell you about something. When you get when you have colon cancer and then they find it in your lungs, you do not have lung cancer. No. You have metastatic, metastatic colon cancer to your, to your lungs. lungs. You do not have it's it's colon se- cancer cells that are now your in your lungs. Yep. Um so you don't now have lung cancer. You have metastatic disease to your lungs, right. which is not good. No, because it's if metastatic it has, disease showing up somewhere else is never good. Yeah. So there are five stages of colon cancer. I'm gonna go like real briefly through this because it gets really in mm-hmm. depth kind of um so it's zero stage zero stage zero through four stage zero is in situ so it means there's abnormal cells in the mucosa which is like the inner layer yep. of 
the colon wall only. Stage one is it's formed in the mucosa and it spreads to the submucosa, mm-hmm. which is the level above the mucosa. So it's still just in your colon. Stage two is divided into 2A, 2B, 2C. A, the cancer has spread from the muscle layer of the colon to the serosa, which is like your outside of your. Mm-hmm. So it's like now touching everything outside of your colon. Um, it's on the outside of the wall. So not good because it can touch other things. To be the cancer spread through the serosa of the colon wall to visceral peritoneum, which is like all the tissue that surrounds your abdominal organs is mm-hmm. called the visceral peritoneum. So now it's outside of the colon and onto other tissue in your abdomen. Which is never good. No. To see the cancer spread through the serosa to nearby organs. So whatever mm-hmm. organ is laying next to that cancer, and, it's and when gone you to think that. think about your colon, mm-hmm. your colon goes up one side of your body, mm-hmm. across, down, and around. It's touching every fucking Yeah, it touches organ. a lot of organs. Um, stage three is divided also into A, B, and C. 3A, the cancer spread through the mucosa to the submucosa and to one to to six nearby lymph nodes or the cancer cells have formed near the lymph nodes. So it's off of your bowel and it's now either in your lymph nodes or right around the tissue around your lymph nodes. Not good because the lymph system, again, goes through the whole body. spread it everywhere. Once it gets in your lymph nodes, it goes everywhere. Yep. 3B, there are seven or more lymph nodes affected. And it has spread through the serosa to the visceral peritoneum as well. God, Laurie, pray to God that when I get my colonoscopy, I'm not going to have this shit. No, you're not even going to have a polyp. Um, 3C, the cancer has spread to seven or more lymph nodes, the visceral peritoneum, and um, nearby organs. So it's gone to lymph nodes, mm-hmm. an organ laying b- nearby, and all the tissue surrounding the abdominal organs. Stage four, also broken into A, B, and C. Oh, my God. A is the cancer has spread to an area or organ not near the colon. So like the lungs. The liver, the lungs, distal lymph nodes. It's not It's not rubbing up against the colon. Right. It's, it's far away. Now it has spread. Um, stage B has spread to more than one of those. So A, it would only have spread to the liver. B, B it's going to have spread to liver and lungs. Um, and stage C, the cancer has spread to tissue that lines the abdominal wall It may have spread to other areas or the organs. Um, Colon cancer can recur after treatment. It can recur in the colon or other areas like the liver or the lungs. And when you get it in your lungs, even when it reoccurs. It's not lung cancer. It's not lung cancer. It is colon cancer metastases to the lungs. Um, So there's obviously a million treatments for colon cancer. Um, The seven standard treatments are surgery. Radiofrequency ablation. They're going to stick like a, a probe in the area and try to kind of fry it. Mm-hmm. Um, three is cryosurgery. So they'll freeze, freeze the cells and kill them that way. Four is chemo. Five is radiation. Six is targeted therapy. I know people hear this word, but it, it means they use drugs or other substances to identify and attach spe- to a specific cancer cells. So they only destroy those specific cancer cells. Um, it's less harmful than chemo radiation because right. chemo is going to kill anything yeah. in your system. And, and radiation is growing. Yeah. Which and, is why you lose hair and yeah. eyebrows. And, and radiation is going to kill anything in that area. It's just going to kill it. So um, it's targeted therapy. Literally, they can somehow make up these substances mm-hmm. that only attack these colon cancer cells. And seven is immuno- immunotherapy which uses the patient's immune system to fight cancer 
the substance is either made in the body or a lab, and they are they are used to boost um, boost direct or restore the body's natural defenses against cancer. So they just use what's inside of you that should be there to try to fight the cancer. Right. Um, there are new treatments constantly in clinical trials. If you go to a large teaching hospital, you They're can get into clinical trials. Um, you will be treated. They're not going to not treat you. You might get the st- like the old standard mm-hmm. or the new clinical trial new stuff. clinical trial stuff. They're not going to not treat you for your cancer. Um, colon cancer treatment can have very harsh side effects. You get sick from that chemo. Um, you should consider. I mean, I guess you don't have to, but you could consider taking part in a clinical trial just because. If you're going to, you're going to get treatment. If you're going to die anyway, you might not. You Even know? if you're not dying well, and you need the some treatment. Well, have waited so long, they're really sick. Yes. But you're going to be treated either way. They're not going to not treat you. Right. You're being treated either standard right. or the new way. You will get treatment. Um, and then it just help, helps advance and helps mm-hmm. people further on down the line. Um, and when you have these treatments, there will be further follow-up tests. They'll check the effects of the treatment. They'll check where you are. Mm-hmm. And they will continue to check you to make sure it's keeping it at bay. Or curing it. Um, colorectal cancer screening is um, vitally important to finding cancer before it spreads. U.S. Preventative Service Task Force recommends that adults 45 to 75 be screened for colorectal cancer. If you are over 75 or at an increased risk, like if you have a familial history or whatever, um, talk to your doctor about screening after 75 or before 45. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the different tests they'll do. they can do. There is a stool test. There's multiple stool tests, actually. You do them once a year at home. There's a kit. You scoop your poop. You You wrap it. it You can either do your whole poop. There's different tests you can do. You either take your whole bowel movement, stick it in a jar, bring it to your doctor's office. (laughs) Or they like guayak it kind of, you know, take a sample, put it in the thing, send it to your doctor's office. They test it. They can do that to screen for colon cancer. You can have a flexible sigmoidoscopy. You do that every five years. Or every 10 years with a stool test every year. So if you're just doing the flex sig, mm-hmm. you do it every five years. If you are also doing a yearly poop test, poop screening test, <laughs> um, you can just have the sigmoidoscopy every 10 years if everything's negative. You can have a colonoscopy. You get that every 10 years for people not at risk. Um, you can have a CT colonography. Colonography. So it's a virtual colonoscopy and you can have that done every five years so they will again take take mm-hmm. pictures of your bowel line it up and they make it look like they're going through your colon talk to your doctor to decide which is best for you these are the things to consider which is best for you your preferences your medical <laughs> condition up my ass. How about that? your medical condition your personal or familial history of colorectal cancer or polyps if you have genetic syndromes like the FAP or the Lynch syndrome mm-hmm. And the likelihood of getting the test. If you are going to absolutely refuse to get a colonoscopy for whatever fucking reason, if you are like, nope, not doing it, absolutely not, then go ask for these other tests because at least you will be somewhat screened and can maybe catch something before anything happens. Colon cancer is very curable if you catch it early. It's very preventable Mm -hmm. if you catch it early. Mm -hmm. If you avoid these tests, you're going to get into a problem. Yeah. So if you like for whatever, 
reason will n- absolutely not get a colonoscopy then ask for these other tests right. because if I mean, you're none just, of us want to do this no do i want to go do through this no but no. it's and it's important. once every 10 years right. if everything's normal but again if you will not if you know yourself and you're like Mm-mm, not gonna call right ask for these other ones then because at least get screened for something for something well mm-hmm. i'm gonna talk about the screenings um i had a girlfriend whose cousin had colon uh cancer Mm-hmm. And she actually, if I think about it, she probably had it before 45. I don't know if there was a family history. She died from it. Oh. And it started with constipation. Mm-hmm. She had severe constipation, mm-hmm. blood in the stool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was, oh, there's a tumor in the, I can't remember, it was the rectum or where it was. Then it's metastasized to the liver. As soon as I heard that, I wasn't going to say anything to my no. girlfriend, but I knew. I yeah. knew that this wasn't good. Young kids. She was very young when she passed away from colon cancer. Mm-hmm. And she did everything right because mm-hmm. you're not going to get screened before 45 right. if there's no family history. And right. here it was. She had colon cancer. I have a, a one of the mothers that I know. She's also a nurse. And she had a patient that was dying of colon cancer. He was a, like a young person, like 30s, mm-hmm. maybe early 40s. And he said to her, like, while he was in the hospital, he said, go get screened. Well, the Go thing get, too and is, she did, and she had stage four colon cancer. And stage she's four, cured. she's cured. I'll tell you, if you have a family history, as I do, mm-hmm. I should have been in there, and um, and if I have something come back, I'll have nobody to blame for mm-hmm. myself. I'll be horrified. Mm-hmm. But I know, and, and I know better. But I'm doing it. Yeah. So I'm going in for a colonoscopy on Thursday. My information comes from the Mayo Clinic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with colonoscopies. Okay. Colonoscopy is an exam that looks for changes like swollen, irritated tissue, polyps, or cancer in large intestines in your rectum. Mm -hmm. So colonoscopy is going to go right to what they call the cecum, which is where your small intestine meets your large intestine. Mm -hmm. It's going to take you right to that. They're going to actually look at what they call the cecum. That's how far they're going to take this this scope right into it. It's a long, it's about six foot long camera it's but when you know it's it's covered obviously coded it's got numbers of how far it goes in if i hold it with my arm up it reaches the ground Mm -hmm. it's very very long um it's going to get inserted to the rectum this camera also has air and water that goes through it because Mm -hmm. they're going to have to add air to blow up the colon so they can visualize better sometimes they need to irrigate if there's any stool left behind they can also remove tissue during the procedure this is a screening tool for colon cancer, and in, they can investigate intestinal signs and symptoms. Um, this is where they can see if you have Crohn's. This is where they can see mm-hmm. if you have diverticulitis, colitis. Mm-hmm. Because, you you know, I when I worked in Hawaii, I was actually, I called it the TNA room, throats and ass. And I saw many, many colonoscopies. And you can literally, the colon, and you can tell what part of the colon you're in yeah. by the shape of the colon. It's yeah. really, actually, really interesting. And you can see, oh, look at that part. That's colitis because mm-hmm. the whole intestinal lining is red mm-hmm. that's diverticulitis because it's got all, all these little pits. weird pits yeah. on it it's it's very very interesting yeah. actually so they're looking for prolops they're going to treat an issue uh they'll take samples and biopsies etc mm-hmm. risks of a colonoscopy are you could potentially have a reaction to the sedation mm-hmm. you could have a bleeding from the po- biopsy site and one of the biggest complications is um a perforation right one of the first things I'm going to say, because of course I've never met the person who's giving me my right. colonoscopy, which I don't like. Um, the first thing I'm going to say to him is, "Don't perf my fucking colon, pal." Right. I'm watching you do. I, it. I, you know, I know what I'm doing. And if you perf it, this is who you're sending me to. Yeah. Um. So you prep for a colonoscopy. Every single 
person I know that has had a colonoscopy will tell you it's not the colonoscopy that they dread. It's the prep. Mm-hmm. The prep. Because you're going to shit your brains out for two fucking days. You're going to shit out everything that's You're in that literally system. shitting water by the end. Yeah. That's so, the... That's the what they want yeah, yeah. it's clear because, water. because and I, you know I, I remember my mother having hers and she's drinking her go lightly and she's like i'm not drinking anymore i'm not doing it i was like mom you don't want to do it that's fine mm-hmm. but you're risking going through this all again because right. if they can't see you're going to come back and you're going to have right. to do it again i'll have to remember that when i'm drinking mine mm-hmm. so the pe- well you don't have cold go lightly at least no thank god mm. so the prep is actually going to start like three days before so i'm going in on Thursday, I will start really tomorrow. No raw vegetables, no raw fruits, mm-hmm. nothing red. They no don't want any red. like tomato skins. No red dyes because it's going it's to blood. look like blood. Sorry, I have to re <laughs> I have to remove here. All right. So you want to be on a low fiber diet because fiber is going to take a while to get through your colon. If you're diabetic or on cardiovascular meds or anything, you're going to stop taking all of those meds. You're going to eat low fiber foods. You're going to avoid foods that are red, blue, or purple and dye. Mm-hmm. You're going to continue this up until the day before your surgery. The day before your surgery, you're moving on to only clear liquids. Mm-hmm. So this means you can drink like black coffee. You can drink chicken broth, um, like bullions. I, I'm a big bullion fan when mm. I have to do something like this. Jello. Jellos, but they cannot be orange or red, which no. are the only two flavors well, I like. Purple. No purple. Either. No purple. I, I don't like any other flavor. I'm not going to eat lime jello. That tastes, tastes like shit. What I think I'll just drink water. I would just drink water. Well, I mean, I'm going to be hungry. Yeah. So no solid foods because you need that colon clean. And depending on your doctor, I guess there are some doctors prescribing go lightly. My doctor has prescribed 10 capfuls of Miralax in two bottles of Gatorade. Mm-hmm. That will start about four or five o'clock on the afternoon before the colonoscopy. That will be accompanied with two laxative pills nice. and a couple of gas eggs. <laughs> So God knows you're going to need the gas. I was going to say, it's nice that they tell you to take the gas. Don't you think I'm not going to keep that gas X going during the cleanse? Yeah. Okay. So six hours before the procedure. So this would be 4 a.m. for me. Yeah, that's gross. I have to get up at four in the morning. I would like my procedure at 6 p.m. No shit. And I have to drink another 10 capfuls of um, Miralax in two bottles of Gatorade. Uh, Two hours before you're going to stop all food to drink. Mm-hmm. They do tell you while you're doing this prep to try to drink water with it because you don't realize how dehydrated you get when you have di- diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I had an aunt who was having diarrhea and vomiting and she was in her 80s. And I was like, we got to call the ambulance. And they're like, well, why? I'm like, because at that age, oh, hell yeah. one bout of diarrhea and vomiting, she's already dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Like she, we can't catch up now. Right. And she was just sick of shit. Mm-hmm. So um, you've got to make sure you're trying to keep up with your hydration while you're doing this. So you go in, you put your little Johnny on, you give your personal belongings. You have a ride because you cannot go and drive yourself no. to a colonoscopy. And you can, they will not let you have it if you do not have a ride. You will be sedated. Mm-hmm. Almost every person I know that has a colonoscopy will tell you they don't remember the colonoscopy. Mm-mm. Now, having been in colonoscopies, I do know that the patients, they will be uncomfortable. Like, because um, you're going to, like, they're blowing up your colon. It's uncomfortable. You know how you feel when you have gas. And if they're trying to get around an angle, they may add more. And you can hear the patients sometimes will groan a little bit or they're uncomfortable and they'll ask them to move. But you're not going to remember that on the other you end. You don't remember You're going to go And to you're sleep. not in pain. You're not in pain no. and you're not going to remember it. Yeah. Um, a colonoscopy takes anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes and you'll need a ride home, as I said. 
uh, you may feel bloated and like if you think this is the time to be, you know, demure and like, you know, oh, I'm embarrassed. No, you got to let it rip <laughs> or you're going to be really fucking uncomfortable because not only are you having gas, they've added a ton of gas yep. to your, you Just have to let it, it out. All right. You're going to feel way better. So you're in that recovery room. Fucking let it rip. There may also be a little blood in your stool in your first bowel movements. Nothing to be of concern. But if you continue to pass blood and the blood comes out in clots, you absolutely need mm-hmm. to call your physician. If you are in an extreme amount of pain, you need to call your physician. There's something happened. Okay. So he may give you some preliminary results in the recovery room. Like, oh, everything great. We didn't do anything. Or, hey, we took a couple of polyps. Um, if they have taken polyps that were removed, they're going to send them to the pathology lab. That's going to take a week. Mm-hmm. So don't even ask. It's going to take a week. Um, they're very, very polyps are very, very common. Yes. Do not get concerned if they say we took three or four polyps. It's not unusual. Almost everybody has polyps. My friend just had one and she had two polyps removed. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you can stay at 10 years because if it's two, we can stay at 10 years. Right. If it's three or four, they're going to probably check you sooner. Right. But it doesn't mean that there's anything they, wrong. Right. They just, um, polyps are very common. Mm-hmm. They're usually harmless, but some can be cancerous mm-hmm. or precancerous. Two things that can be a problem are a large or numerous amount of polyps. They're going to have you come back. Or adenomas, which Laura discussed, they're types of polyps most likely to be precancerous because they're large, mm-hmm. which means they've already started multiplying into something. And your physician will follow up with these. I never say that word. Physician. Physician. Uh, your physician will follow up with these. Why don't I just say doctor? If you <laughs> sounds, I insist on saying sounds physician. so bad because you can't say it. I sound so it. smart when yeah. I say physician. I can barely get the word out. Um, if your results are negative, it'll be ten years before your next. If you have a family history, even if your results are negative, they may have you come back in five years for a colonoscopy. And you know what? Why not? Right. Right. Well, I mean, it's five pounds off. Yep. Laura, if I have this done mm-hmm. and I wait ten years. I'll be 60 at my next call. Yes, you will. Mm-hmm. It makes the time you just go. I literally threw up on my mouth when I said that. Yeah. 60. Yeah. Fucking 60. Mm-hmm. And it'll be here before you know it. Yeah, but you know what? When I'm going for that colonoscopy. I'll be going 60, for my first one. You'll be over 50. And that'll make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You no, I'm all... actually going to be a good girl and go next year for my first one. Right. Right. But. Mm-hmm. But whenever I went to the doctor, he's like, oh, it was 45. I'm like, no, it was 50. No, it's 45. I'm like, oh, well, I'm way overdue, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I also hadn't seen him in seven years. <laughs> oh, good. I had, it had been so long since I'd seen him, they kicked me off. Yeah, mine did that, PCP. too. I was like, I've had you for 20 years. Why would I go I was to like, I've literally got him out of residency. Well, they booked me as a new client. Yeah, they were like, you'll so, have to be. I'm like, call, could you call him, please? Well, I'm waiting in the office. And he comes in. He goes, you're not new. I'm like, no, I know. He goes, they have you as a new patient. I'm like. You've been seeing me since I was 20. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, this is ridiculous. So they also have capsule endoscopies. Mm -hmm. Not like a crapsule. Not a crapsule. Mm -hmm. It's a capsule. Mm -hmm. A capsule endoscopy is a camera inside a pill-sized capsule. Mm -hmm. You swallow the capsule, and as it travels through your intestines, thousands of pictures are transmitted to a recorder you wear on a belt at your waist. Mm -hmm. This helps the doctor see from your esophagus... Right to your anus. Mm-hmm. This is used to I find... I don't want to see the pictures when it's like just popping out. I don't even like when they do... Like when they're intubating patients and they use a glide scope and we're going in through the tongue Yeah, and but stuff. picture those last pictures. Of the ass? Yeah. <laughs> like all like, of a sudden, <laughs> the last picture in this, the toy of the bowl. <laughs> there it is. Or it's facing the other way. <laughs> I don't want to see ass. Those last pictures. 
don't show. Jude's got some hemorrhoids. <laughs> just delete them. Some piles. Just delete I said them. That to, they said something to Ted Lasso about piles. And I said, Vienna, do you know what those are? She's like, no, I'm like, they're hemorrhoids. <laughs> hemorrhoids. I like piles better. Yeah. All right. Um, a capsule is used to find causes of GI bleeding, diagnosis of bowel disease like Crohn, diagnosis of cancer, diagnosis of celiac. It looks at the es- esophagus and it screens for polyps. Mm-hmm. The risk of it is it could get lodged in your GI tract and just mm. take fucking pictures of your duodenum forever. Just 4,000 <laughs> pictures. Duodenum, duodenum. <laughs> you know, I, I've never gotten into the in-depth anatomy class, but all the names they have for like the sphincter of this. And oh, yeah. Like the duodenum ends up in this. I wish I could, there's like a fancy name for the sphincter yes. between the duodenum into the colon. And I can't remember like, is it the, the circle of Willis? Is that the will? Does that sound right? Circle of will. And then they have like the goose, the esophagus, and the this goose. Yeah. Yeah. And I just laugh at the fucking names of these shit. Like, why do you have to make such a fancy name? It's where the fucking small intestine meets. It's a sphincter. It's a sphincter. (laughs) Sphincter kid. All right. So you may have to stop eating or drinking for at least 12 hours before. Some people may need a laxative. laxative Yeah, I mean, if you're all backed up, that thing's going to sit there. I've seen people so backed up, it's come out their mouth. Yeah. I've seen that too. vile. It's bad. It's bad. It's it's bad. It's like when it's coming into the suction container. The NG too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's just nothing but shit. No. I've also seen people. Um, I'm going to vomit. God bless. One of our. She's an older nurse. She should be close to retirement now herself. She is not in the OR anymore. She does another job. She was in the OR and I was the scrub. And we had this woman come in. I can see this woman as if it happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. And this is probably 25 years ago. And we were doing colonoscopy. I know who you're talking about. And it had to be 25 right. years ago. And the hallway that this is in, the rooms that we were in, is a very long hallway. Mm-hmm. I was at, I was in the room. Mm-hmm. They're doing colonoscopy. The shit was pouring out under the door. It was coming. I don't know why we were doing the colonoscopy because it was pouring off the table, and I was. I was literally gagging. It's the only time in my gagging. life in an OR. I was literally gagging. And she could see me. And she's like, you don't have to stay. I'm like, but I feel really guilty. And she's like, she's like, no, you you need to go. I'm like, oh, I really do. Throw up. So I went all the way out to the main desk. And I was like, yeah, it's bad in there. It's really bad in there. You just had to open the doors. Uh-huh. This this main desk is easy a quarter mile away from the desk. Easy. De- and you could smell that shit uh-huh. all the way at the desk. I couldn't do it, man. No. I and you can't see so anything with this. I don't, much I couldn't see anything, so no. I don't know why we were bothering, no. but it was coming out around the scope. Uh-huh. It was disgusting. <sighs> okay, so if you don't have a crapsule, oh, so it may take a week or longer to get results, and it could take two weeks for you to poop out the camera. So two weeks later, make sure you're looking for that camera. Yeah. So a sigmoidoscope, mm-hmm. sigmoidoscope, we used to do them, remember they used to have like the tube? With the window? With the window. Do you remember <laughs> when was... they would sometimes open that window? And the poop would come out? Yeah. So a sigmoidoscope, when, when we were doing it in mm-hmm. our old days. They still have those. They do, but they don't, every time I pull one out, they're like, what is this? I'm like, I know, I'm like, like the sigmoidoscope. You can, I'm dating myself when I pull out the sigmoidoscope. I gotta plug this in. <laughs> <laughs> to the like, what? Like I there's a light. I, gotta I need a guy it. in the back room with a bike to get the electricity and get this fucker going. Hold on. If I just attach these two wires, it'll cause a spark and give you a light. So, old sigmoidoscopes. <laughs> and it had the, plat- the, the rubber ball that had the netting net. on it. Why does it have the net? 
What is the net for? I'm telling you. We work in a hospital that's been around for 200 years. So I'm telling you some of the equipment that shows up, I swear, came out. But in, what in is the, the net for? I don't know. Maybe grasp? For gripping? Because you got all your hands full of shit? So the I old sigmoidoscope was like a long tube. I'm going to say it was probably a foot long, right? Probably. And it had an insertion, a dilator, like yeah, it looked yeah. like a dildo. And you'd put it up the ass. You'd take the dilator out. And it... <laughs> It had a little window. It's a little so clear window. Up so you could look into the ass. And it had this black, like if you have a blood pressure cuff, it was yes, a little bigger the- than that. And it was covered in a net. And you would and blow air and blow. up into the sigmoid and they'd visualize it. But sometimes you were risking an awful lot putting your fucking face that their close. Their face, their was, eye was, it was to the window. They were up on it. On the window that was hanging yeah. out of your ass yeah. that we're blowing air yeah. into. Yeah. And you have a problem. So shit got ugly sometimes. Real bad sometimes. We made the medical students do that. <laughs> so a current sigmoid scope is like a scope, mm-hmm. like you would a colonoscopy. It's a tube. They don't get up on it anymore. Their There's face no was literally. There's no net no. that just squ- squishing to get in there. Remember the long suction? Oh, my God. <laughs> You had a long section, yep. you'd slip down the side of the tube and yep. suck up the poop. Oh, God. So, a sigmoidoscope is used to diagnose diarrhea, belly pain, constipation, polyps, or bleeding. You know what I don't need you to diagnose? My hemorrhoids? Diarrhea? Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm shitting liquid. I have diarrhea. <laughs> like, this is not... But Laura, the question is why. <laughs> question Fine. is why are you shitting water? Fine. <laughs> if you have not taken 10 capfuls of Miralax with your two <laughs> bottles of Gatorade, why are you shitting out? I guess. That's what I want to know. Okay. Do we have worms, Laura? Do we well, have worms? That's well, you got to look a little higher because it's going to be up my stomach. <laughs> so um, it's smaller than a colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. It's probably also only still a foot long because your sigmoid's not that far in. I mean, maybe you shoved a shampoo bottle up your ass and we want to see what brand it is. look at. So they're going up to look. Puro. Always okay. Puro. <laughs> no, Puro. What's that? Prell. Prell. <laughs> Remember Prell? <laughs> That's what I was talking about. Because Prell had that funny shape. I was like, that's not that name. It's no, Prell. Yeah, Prell. Um, yeah, That's why they probably don't sell it anymore. Probably not. Um, you put the uh, the col- the sigmoids goes through your anus, into your rectum, into the low part of your colon. That's as far as it's going to go. Because it right? only goes to your sigmoid. So if you put a carrot up there, that's as far as it's going to mm-hmm. go. Uh, air is passed through the tube to help visualize the sigmoid, and it can be used for polyps, tumors, ulcers, inflammation, hemorrhoids, diverticulitis, strictures, changes in bowel habits, lower belly pain, itchy butthole. Why? Why? Cami, <laughs> that's for you. Itchy butthole. Why? Blood or mucus in your stool? Mucus in the stool is grosser to me than the blood. Why is your butthole itchy? That's what we're looking but at. What, it what, for. what are we finding? Could be pinworms. <laughs> oh my god I'd rather could not know pinworms, Could be inflammation Could be piles God oh. knows why your butthole is itchy <laughs> So um, oh The risks of a sigmoid Are bleeding Perforation And peritonitis mm. Probably from the perforation From the perforation <laughs> So I'm writing this episode last night And one of our co-workers God bless her Who's very fucking god. inquisitive God bless her Is like I'm like I'm finally done I'm done I've been writing for two damn days She's like, well, what's the prep for a sigmoid? Is he fucking kidding me? She's Stop like, well, asking I'm like, questions. I just finished writing. Now I got it. Now somebody's gonna wonder what's the goddamn prep for a sigmoid. So, Cammy, this is for for you specifically. Who asked? Well, what is the prep? Mm-hmm. Well, Cammy, the prep is you may have to take a laxative or an enema or a rectal laxative, i.e., suppository. Mm-hmm. My answer is on those constantly. Mm-hmm. You may be asked to fast so they can look at your itchy. 
butthole. I... And on that note, I'm ending my screenings. Good. All right? Mm-hmm. Itchy buttholes for pinworms. Don't. Imagine, you know, you know, right. there's always somebody that's always like, they're doing the dance or the digging. Yeah, they're like shoving it against the chair. <laughs> they're on the chair like a dog. <laughs> they're walking across your living room rug. <laughs> disturbing. When a dog, and they look at you. The fucking dogs like, look at you when they do that. They're like, eh, eh, I'm scratching my ass. And disgusting. Fucking dogs. It's disgusting. Cats don't do that. Just saying. They no. never wipe their ass on your rug. They just no. They just clean. run it across your counter. Uh, they lick it clean. They as and then they run it across your counter. It's disgusting. <laughs> they don't, but they'd have to sit and run across the ground. Like, you don't know what the do fuck that. they're doing all night long. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um. So, anyways, so. We're talking about the importance of getting screened. You need to go get your colonoscopy if you're 45. If you have a family history, talk to your doctor about it, get it before. The CDC has several screening stories on the website. So I'm going to tell you a few. So hopefully it will get you to go get your screening. Home. Drive it home. Drive it home. So this is from Joy on the CDC. Joy. Mm-hmm. I lost my mom to colorectal cancer, which may have been prevented if my mom had gotten her routine colorectal cancer screenings. My mom never Hopefully got a colonoscopy. Vienna writing this in I know. five years. My mom never got a colonoscopy done until it was too late. I will not let the same fate happen to my kids and loved ones. In honor of my mom, I am meeting with a gastroenterologist to talk about when I should start screening based on my age and family history of colorectal cancer. Like we said, the recommended age for most people to begin screening, male or female, is now 45. Some people may need to be tested earlier than 45 if they have a familial history, inflammatory bowel disease, or genetic syndrome like Lynch syndrome. These screenings can help find precancerous polyps before they become cancerous. It makes me sad to know that I could have had more time with my mom had she taken these measures. But with this knowledge, I'm going to do everything I can to prevent colorectal cancer. There is no better time than now to talk to your doctor and get screened. Believe me when I say that your loved ones will appreciate it. If you do, I know I would have. I literally feel like in this day and age, nobody should be dying of colon cancer. No. Um, This is Adrian. I made an appointment to get my first colonoscopy at 47. Because of COVID, the COVID pandemic and delaying regular appointments and screenings, I missed the memo that the screening age for colorectal cancer now begins at 45 for both men and women. So that just changed during COVID. So it's not my fault. Okay, I knew. Well, I didn't. Okay. Colorectal cancer often comes with no symptoms and it's very preventable. If doctors find a precancerous polyp, they can get rid of it and in many cases prevent cancer from ever developing. And if they do fight cancer, treatment works best when it's detected early. Don't delay your screening. This is from Dr. Cottle. Colorectal cancer screening saves lives, but many of my patients are fearful about getting screened for colorectal cancer, so they put it off. If it's helpful, I let my patients know that there are different screening options available, even some that can be done at home. Like we said, you can do the stool test every year. Talk to your doctor. Um, I'll be going for my colorectal cancer screening soon. So I tell my patients that we are in this together. Screening is important because it helps find precancerous polyps before they turn into cancer. Screening also helps find colorectal cancer early when treatment works best. Um, And this one is from Lorraine. I got screened for colorectal cancer and they found precancerous polyps preventing me from developing colorectal cancer. By the age of 59, I had completed several screenings. I am slated for another screening next year because of my high risk and family history. My father was diagnosed with colorectal cancer at 82. He had never had a screening, so I didn't know I had a family history of colorectal cancer until he was diagnosed. At first, he had no symptoms, and that's why screenings are so important. 
Colorectal cancer doesn't always have symptoms, especially in the early stages. I don't know how else to say it. Get screened. Get screened. And like that doctor on this site said, if you literally will not allow it, then talk to your doctor. There are other screening tests that can be done that are better than nothing. Yes. I mean, it's very, very preventable. Mm -hmm. It's not a way you want to go. It's not pretty. So Mm -hmm. happy colon month Mm -hmm. of October. Pumpkin spice, fall leaves, colonoscopies. Yes. What could be better? Nothing. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well. You get a day off of work. Two days, right? Two days. Well, I did take two days. We'll go a little ET. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to spend time at home, mm-hmm. probably watching the rest of Ted Lasso, shitting my brains out. Yeah, watch it on your phone so you can I'm bring it with really you. really hoping that I get five pounds off. Um, <laughs> five pounds. That's all. Five pounds. Five pounds. I just want to get my jeans. Um, so my favorite holiday of the entire fucking year is coming up, Halloween. And Mine's have, Thanksgiving, which is also coming. We have a fun episode for Halloween coming up. Mm-hmm. Fun. Just a little mosh posh of shit. It's like a candy bowl full it's of shit weird. for you. It's actually weird. Yeah. It's a little all over the place, yeah. but it's Halloween. That's whatever. It's my favorite. I know. You know. Listen, you guys have been silent. Send us some emails. We're looking to hear from you. It's been a while. We miss you. Yeah, we love you. Come on, Emmett. I know you're out there. I know, Where have you been? I'm a little nervous with Emmett. Emmett, everything okay? Is there any problems? Is the mother-in-law, everybody okay? Did the crane, is everything all set? Yeah. I mean, let I know us there's know a you're lot alive. of building going into Boston. It's been a few accidents. We're looking to hear from you, Emmett. Yeah, let us know we you're miss okay. miss you. Um, so we will hear from you guys. Well, we'll, we'll talk to you guys in two weeks on yeah. Halloween. Yay. Bye. Like, subscribe, rate, and review. The Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.